Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair-Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another live interview. I'm here today with Sapna Puru, and she is here to talk with us about branding. Um, Sapna, you are a best-selling author of Let's Get Visible. Um, Sapna is the founder of Innovisions ID, um, and your vision process promises to help you gain brand clarity um, and essentially stand out in your industry and supercharge your business growth. Um, today, I'm hoping that we can talk about lots of stuff to do with branding and really help out um, our community here at F10X Academy um, to understand what they can do right now and why branding is so important. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Thanks very much, Seb. Um, I'm great, actually. Yeah, how are you? Adjusting to lockdown. I'm good, yeah. Yeah, I've pretty much adjusted now. I think it's, like yeah. you said, it's, it's almost becoming a bit normal now. You know, everyone's getting into their routine a little bit, you know, yeah. so... We've, we've kind of finally found our groove. It was, it was the first couple of weeks I was a bit like, what the hell what the hell's just happened? And, you know, I've got, I've got two little boys, as you know, um, Luke and Leon, and, uh, and I was like, my husband's an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, we've both got two businesses, and suddenly we've got two boys as well. So that, that was a bit of a challenge, but we've, we've got into kind of a rhythm now. So uh, it, it, I, I can't imagine them going back to school now, to be honest. Yeah, right. So with your with your work then, was your work primarily online before this all happened, or? Uh, well, I've always done an element of remote working because my my clients are you know kind of based all over the UK and the world. I've got I've got clients in the UK, um, in the in Australia, in America, and in Europe. So um, there's always been an element of, of online. But I do do these one day branding workshops for for startups, and um, and they they were always an in person product. Um, so that took some adjusting because I had quite a lot of them booked in when lockdown happened and it was a quick like well I either lose those bookings and those business owners won't get their branding done or I quickly kind of you know kind of adjust which is what we all have to do isn't it so mm. in order to keep going I mean you, you did the same with with your business um, definitely yeah so, so yeah, you, you get inventive, don't you, when you have to, so. Yeah, you definitely get creative, that's for sure. Now, yeah. <laughs> so have you, have you run any of your, your one-day workshops online yet? Yeah, I've done, I've done about five or six of them online and oh, wow. more booked in. So, um, yeah, but they're, they're exhausting on Zoom. We do them on Zoom. And normally, what I, what I realise is normally because they're in the room with me, you're looking away from the screen and you're talking to a real person, so you're naturally giving your eyes a break. Um, yeah. you know, and, and your focus is changing, but actually, it's more intense when you're when you're trying to. Re- a lot of what I do is reading people, um, and mm. kind of, you know, kind of. Some of my clients have said it's a bit like a therapy session, um, and 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 I really dig to get you know under the skin of the business to really understand it, and and doing that kind of you know inter- interrogation, if you like, is actually quite intense on on screen because you're having to really read someone's face. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a lot smaller than it would be in real life. So. 
Um, I've got two screens, so I have I actually have them bigger, but and then I have got the work on the on the other screen. But it's um, I, I start the days earlier and I finish them later because we need more breaks uh, yeah. because they're so intense. So it has made my work days longer. But well, this this is it, I suppose, isn't it? We you know we we're all rushing to get online, but actually, what the way in which we deliver online is just, just going to completely change as well as we learn over the next few months what mm. <laughs> what that actually means, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. a normal a normal workshop. A normal workshop hours just may not be possible if you're doing it all on Zoom or online, as you said. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've made it possible because that the, the whole premise is you get your branding sorted in a day, you know, and that's what mm. people, a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of, they don't, time is of the essence. Um, yeah. And uh, and they just want to, you know, get get GSD, you know, what it was yeah. like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It done um but yeah you know, so that it was created for startups so that they can at least go launch into the marketplace um looking the part yeah right looking in the part yeah that's that's so key as well and, and i've seen a lot of the work you've created and it is absolutely incredible you know the, the, when the when the startups go through your workshop they don't look like startups they look like they've been doing this you know five ten years where <laughs> i can tell you what my startup business looked like and it didn't look like that you know well, so yeah. i mean uh, you know, I said it's not. It's not about logo. What I do actually is is more about giving them confidence. What I do is give yeah. entrepreneurs confidence, and mm. and it's not just confidence in themselves. It's confidence um, in the that the market has confidence in them. Yes. If you're out looking um, professional and put together, and like you've actually put some thought into this, then people kind of, you know, um, people kind of trust you more. That's it's, it's yeah, about totally. I think I think it's so much easier for for someone to to pitch for that bigger project or, or you know confidently put a quote forward for their work when they when they look the part like you said right and they feel empowered by that branding. I'm completely with you there. Mm. I'd love to find out um, how you got into this. Oh wow! Okay. You know, Sapna, I'm thinking like young Sapna. What were you? Were you always into this or? I'm still young. <laughs> you know, I'm in a really young Sapna. <laughs> Like embryonic. Um, yeah, so when I was an embryo, I went to university. Can I reword that? Yeah. Uh, I, not really. When I was very young, I went to uh, went to university and I studied um, uh, graphic design at uni. Um, but I realised, I mean, I, I sort of tell this story in the book, um, that, that most designers weren't, be, we weren't being trained for business. We weren't being trained for the world of business. We were being trained to be creative. Um, but... I, I knew I wanted to be a graphic designer and I knew that that was ultimately it's commercial art. And if, you, if you're, if, you know, if, if the design, I've always had the belief that if the design isn't helping you sell something, because um, that's the purpose of commercial art, then it's actually just a piece of art. Um, mm. It doesn't have the commercial aspect. So as graphic design used to be called that. Um, so I decided to take postgrad in marketing off the back of my, um, and, and also I wanted to be a student for an extra year because I had some mates that were doing four-year courses and mine was only a three-year course. So I was like, right, I want to hang around for um, So I sort of found a, a one-year marketing postgrad. Um, and, and that way I could, you know, I sort of decided that I would have the design side and the business strategy side as well because I wanted to know how design fit into the marketing mix and how it could best support business. Um, so right. that was, you know, I was, I was kind of in my, I was a student back then, but I kind of realised that that's what I wanted to do. And then, but by accident, I then fell into radio, which is the um, the least visual medium you can think of. Um, but my final year project in my marketing course, my my, my final project, shall I say, was seen by the uh, marketing director of the local radio station, 
Um, and he was actually the group marketing director for Metro Radio Group, so the seven radio stations um, in the northeastern Yorkshire in, in England. And um, and they offered me a job, like basically just on, on the site of seeing this five minutes of video that I'd produced. Um, so I thought it might be a great place to meet pop stars. And um, and so I went for the job because I was like, well, is it a design job? They went, no, it's marketing. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to get get to go to loads of gigs and I might get to meet Robbie Williams. There you go. <laughs> why, why not apply? So, you know, I was in my 20s and I thought, I thought I'd like quite a few gigs. So, um, so I took it and uh, stayed there for three years. And actually, whilst I was there, because I worked in the marketing department, I was briefing design agencies to kind of provide the collateral for our sales team to go out and sell radio. Mm. So we were coming up with the marketing campaigns, and then we'd work with design agencies. And I then experienced the frustrations of being on the marketing side and being the client. Um, so quite a few of my roles have actually been on the either the commercial side, the sales side, the marketing side, um, and having to deal with um, or dealing with creatives and brief, briefing them out. So I experienced the frustrations on that side, but then I also have been a designer um, in various roles. I left there and I went to work with a design agency um, in in. Um, Glasgow for a while and then came down with my then boyfriend, moved to Manchester and, and freelanced as a designer for various agencies there until I got a, a permanent role. Um, and then, of course, I was at the whim of um, business owners telling me what to do as, as designers. So, you, know, you have business owners going, can you make the logo bigger? Or um, And I just, and, and, and there were frustrations from both sides, right? So having realised that, I, I thought this book needed to be written because it educates the business owner um, about brand and branding. So this is this is not just a book about branding, it's about building your brand. Um, and, and, and that is more than just your logo. And a lot of mm. clients even now, working with entrepreneurs now, as I did, as I have for the last four years, exclusively so with entrepreneurs, um, quite often, a, you know, a client will say to me, oh, um, yeah, I've, I've had my branding done. I just want a brochure. I've had my branding done. So I'll go, well, what have you got? And they go, well, I've got this logo. And I'll go, that's mm. not your branding. That's that's not actually everything. Um, that's like the tip. I always describe the logo as like the tip of an iceberg. So it's yeah. the most visible part of that iceberg. And it obviously goes across everything. So people think that that is the brand. But it, there's all this stuff that lies beneath that should support your brand. Because a logo on its own does not convey everything you need to be saying. Um, mm. so my vision process in the book, um, which I know you've read. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I was very honoured to be asked to be the proofreader for your book. Uh, yeah, let's go with it. Brilliant book. Brilliant book. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, the vision process was was built with that in mind because it was all the questions that I was asking um, business owners and having to educate them about as well, mm. um, and just sort of say, well, actually, we're not going to just start with your favourite typeface and your favourite colours. Because um, that doesn't come until step four in my six-step process. Um, and it's not then even about, in fact, what's favourite. It's what's going to work for your business and what's going to appeal to your target market as well. Um, yeah. But we start with, um, so it's called Vision, and there's six steps, V-I-S-I-O-N. Um, and um, the first one is visualise. So that's the bit where I ask uh, my clients to dream big and, and actually take themselves out of their business for a minute because everybody just is on a treadmill of, getting stuff done and this is the point again i've had clients say this is like therapy because they get to sit back and go well actually what do you want um so we start off with a with a, an exercise that any of your listeners or, or, or viewers can can do um which i call the five aspirational brands um exercise the five, five aspirational brands yes or the fabs the fabs um, 
So it's um, so you think about the five brands that you look at and you admire from your business owner's perspective. So you kind of go, when I when my business grows up, or you know, when I grow up, I want to I want I want my business to be like that, or to be thought of like that, or to be respected like that, you know, or to have that kind of um, service for my clients or provide that kind of product. So, um, so it, it encourages you, it encourages brand, um, um, you know, so business owners to think about brand in much more than just visual terms, because you realise that the brands you feel loyal to um, are a whole, you know, there's a whole lot more to them. I mean, are, are there any brands that you feel loyal to, Seb, or, or any brands that you admire from a, you don't have to give me five, just one. Um, I, I, I admire Nike. I think it's, I think it's, I, I like the message there. You know, I like, um, I like what other brands can I think of the top of my head? No, we'll just other brands that I use. We'll just Sorry? Take, we'll just take Nike. Um, okay, go ahead, go ahead. An example. So with that, it's not it's the, so the message obviously is just do it, which yeah. is great. For someone like you, I know, I know you've got very high energy and you get an awful lot of stuff done, so that's going to resonate, you know, brilliantly with you. Um, from a brand perspective, you know that you know their their products are pretty universal. There's something for mm. everybody. Um, they're, they're aspirational. They use high-profile um, athletes to um, and, and personalities to promote their brands. Um, it's something that is a quite a cool brand. So it's like worn by by rap stars as well as sport. You know, it's a fashion and a sport brand. Um, mm. The photography on the website is really colourful and kind of lifestyle-driven. Obviously, it's a, it's a product-based but based brand. But so there's all these elements that we start looking at, and it's like, well, how does the brand make you feel? And some people might even talk about the experience of going into a store. If they if they pick a retail brand, um, you know all the fact is the quality of the goods yeah. um, as well. You get you know it's, it's your bang for buck, and so there's all these different things we start drawing out of even just one brand. And it's yeah. like, what, what do we take out of that brand that you would want to convey in, in in your company? What do you want people to think of out of Nike as an aspirational brand for your company? So you you pick your five brands. So the fab exercise you pick your five favorite brands. Yeah. Then you brainstorm out. You sort of fan out all the different things that they represent. Yes. And then you select the things that you resonate with the most and that you want to represent you and your brand going forward for the next uh, however yeah. many years. Yeah, it's not just your favorite yeah. brands. It's, it's the aspirational ones that you, you want to grow your company. The what? brands that inspire you and the way so, you kind of see yourself. The brands that inspire you and the way you kind of see yourself. Yes, um, okay. uh, your company, yeah. Um, cool. I'm making the definition that the, 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 it's not so much yourself because that's personal branding and that's not what I do. So it is, it is okay. more about company company branding yes um yeah. although you know often quite a lot of entrepreneurs do muddle those two things up and kind of conflate mm. because it's their um their business they will kind of think that the the, the company branding is their personal branding and especially if their business yeah. is named after them but they are two separate but linked um things and there is a bit in the book about personal branding but um uh, it's an outline of it, but it's it's kind of just showing the differences between the two. The personal brand is more about how you show up as an individual, um, yeah. as a business owner, um, but as a person in real life as well. So that's you know it's, it's your it's your Facebook page, it's your LinkedIn profile, it's um, you know it's when you go out and speak, and um, it's how you show up and what you wear, you know all of that, the sort of the words that you say um, and the tone in which you say them. So that's personal brand, which is not what I do. Um, okay. You know, sometimes I will work with with um, clients, and and we might talk about what they're wearing as part of, um, you know, the the, the rebrand um, as to maybe they should change the way they look. That you know, that they're looking if this is the way they want to portray themselves in the. Mm. So, awesome. So that's, that's just great, the first bit. Yeah. Uh, and then well, we that's do. The, that's the first bit. That's, that's the V V for vision, right? 
Well, there's two yeah. bits of that. With the, we, we got caught up on the fab. The fab. So there's, there's your there's your vision, and then there's your customer's vision. So there's your vision, where you are now, where you want to be in three to five years time, and where your customer is now, and what where they want to be as a result of spending with you, and also like obviously right. they are. So that's V, and then I is in a brand which is um, uh, your your heart and soul of your brand. It's your brand values, your brand personality, and your brand voice. So if the values are really important to any company and any entrepreneur who hasn't um you know kind of thought about their value you should really take this time in lockdown to to have a think about what are the non-negotiables what are the things that not only you operate by but what you want your staff to you know live by these values and it's how you mm. um your your clients and your suppliers and your team so um so those because people will feel loyal to companies who they feel share their brand values um or sh share their values so if you if you are an ethical company you're going to attract like-minded people who feel you know that, that you share the same sort of worldview as them yeah. you know you do a lot of good things for, for for you know for various different um causes so so that's something that comes really from the heart and it's going to make people want to work with you more you know not not just when the good times roll but obviously you know when you've had, when you've had troubles or whatever if everybody's like cutting down their money and their spend right now in lockdown, they're gonna keep the spend for the companies that they feel really deserve it and they mm. and that they feel very aligned to and want to support. Yeah. So um so that's something that's really important. And then the personality and and um and um and brand voice are how those are expressed. So your brand values are quite what's inner and the personality and the and the voice are how that how that is expressed. And that's to do with language and tone and um, imagery and things like that. But we don't we don't address it now, we just establish what it is. Okay. Then to stand out, which is um, I always say my favourite part of the um, of the process, really, because this is like a real eye opening. This is the part that's really enlightening for a lot of um, entrepreneurs because you um, you look at the competition around you and um, you start to realise um, how badly most people <laughs> have branded their businesses um, yeah. usually, and and also um, you know kind of uh, sorry, I'm just realising that my charger isn't charging. But there we are. It is now. <laughs> um, didn't want to go dead half half with <laughs> no worries um so so yeah so you look at you look around you you can identify industry norms and industry cliches um in every industry so um for example um, i was working with a property developer and um there's a lot of houses and a lot of roofs in in the logos you know so um that i would say is, is a norm and also a cliche there's also a lot of if you look at financial services, there's a lot of blue, for example. Or if I say organic products, what colours do you think of? Green, brown. Yeah, right. So now, if you, so my whole thing is about getting people to stand out in their industry. Right. So if you follow all the industry norms, if you do exactly the same as everybody else, as in business, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. You're not you're not visually representing your your USP. Um, you're right. not actually standing out. You're not catching people's attention. You're blending into the crowd. So mm -hmm. let's be visible is is about showing you how to stand out in your industry, um, and yeah. that is about conveying mm -hmm. your unique uh, your uniqueness, um, but also doing it in a in a slightly different way. So that you even in a, if there was like a hundred logos on the page, and I know I yeah. run's not your logo, but it's the first point of contact. Um, if you know, there's something that draws you. There's something that makes you stand out, and that could can you, be through color or imagery. Could you give us an example of um, a brand you've worked with um, showing yeah. that? Loads of them. Um, the one that really stands out for me was, um, you know, Robin Waite. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so Robin Way, um, for people that don't know him, um, is a business coach. And uh, when I started doing his branding, he I asked him for his five aspirational brands, and he sent me five business coaches, which I was a bit I was a bit disappointed by, really, because I thought he was <laughs> outside of the box, you know. And I was like, yeah. it doesn't have to be in your industry. By the way, your fab should be from within and without of your industry. So right. the fresh thinking comes in from from outside of your industry, right? If you mm. just follow and aspire to do what everybody in your industry is doing, you're going to end up just being like them. So, and certainly from a visual point of view. So, so I looked at them and there was, I'm not going to mention these business coaches, but they're, 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 they're big, they're global. You know, there was quite a lot of, of you know, big, um, shouty American business coaches in this. And, and Robin, Robin's not like that. Um, you know, he's, he's very British. Um, he's very, um, personable and he's got you know he's, he's got a lovely friendly uh, casual sort of approach and he certainly wasn't suited and booted like some of these um these other guys that he was sending me um and then he sent me a couple of other kind of uh, female entrepreneurs which was which I was surprised by but that's just went anyway they're all business coaches and I went mm. now Robin likes surfing right and I knew that about him luckily I knew that already I was like and he always used to wear salt rock t-shirts always mm. always presents in salt rock t-shirts we used to anyway before i branched him and uh, i was like what about salt rock and i was like is that not one of your aspirational brands and he went oh i never thought of them um so we ended up doing branding that actually took more of its visual language from the world of surfing because i identified that actually business as his company his coaching uh, company is called fearless business right you have Mm -hmm. to fearless to, to surf as well right you've got to it's all about a lot of the terminologies are a lot the same it's like about catching a break riding a wave you know kind of feeling like yeah, yeah. going badly so there was a lot of synergies between the world of surfing and having to be brave to go out there and ride those you know those rough waves to catch that break and to you know sort of you know soar basically so yeah. um, we took a lot of his um a lot of that visual uh you know, kind of inspiration from the world of surfing. And that's where we, we, we created the Fierce Business logo and, um, and and his own personal brand, actually, what um, way, all in the same style. And now, you know, if you put his logo, if you just Google Business Coaches UK or whatever, and a load of, you know, logos, and a load of um, logos come up, his stands out a country mile because it looks it looks so not corporate like all the others. But, you know, he attracts a different vibe of, of, of crowd anyway. And with a name like Fearless Business, he, it, it, you know, it, it completely suits his personality. Yeah. Um, he wears Fearless T-shirts all the time. So he, he got rid of all the salt rock ones. <laughs> they all went to the <laughs> shop and, um, and now he presents them Fearless. And, and in terms of colours and that sort of stuff, how, how did you represent that? So, um, so there's always, so, so the third, the fourth part is when we start bringing things together, um, which okay. is okay. the part that I call image. Um, so that's no, 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 we've kind of done stand out and I've told you how to stand out, which is, so I look at your competitors and kind of understand the visual language, but what you don't want to do. So there's three aspects of, um, your branding. So now we move into branding. We've been talking about brand until now. Um, and now branding is actually is making your brand visual. Right. Um, We've established brand is much more than just. Um, a logo, it's a, a set of values and, and, and visions and, you know, ambitions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So this type, colour and imagery, the three elements of any branding, is it comes down to type, colour and imagery. Um, and by imagery, it could be photographs or illustrations or patterns like, you know, the, on the front of the book there. Um, so so but those applied consistently are going to what's going to kind of build your brand and your visual identity. 
So I, you know, then I work with the client and go, well, what, what's working in the industry for you and what's not working in the industry? And actually, let's put a twist on that. If we change everything, type, color, and imagery, you risk not looking like anything from your industry. So people won't recognize that you belong to that industry. It's a bit like, you know, putting on a hat and glasses and like a Mac and everything, you just won't be recognizable. So, so it's like if a type, color, and imagery are the three things, then actually maybe just twist one of those up or two of those up to look a bit different. So with Robin, we kept to the blue um, of, you know, kind of the business world and business coaches use a lot of blue. So we did put a blue in there. It was a slightly unusual blue, but it was the type that was so different because it looked like a surf brand. It was kind of distressed and, you know, kind of almost handwritten. So that looked kind of disruptive in that industry. Yeah. Um, different, but we did it in, a, in, if we'd have done that in pastel pink, it would have been completely mm. wrong wrong feel and look so he kept the blue to kind of make it more more businessy um so you can you can play with those three elements type color and imagery um to in order to to not only get across the message that you want to but also to stand out amazing brilliant so So, there's two more bits (laughs) we're on the area now aren't we well, Neo. Um, so that's um, output. And that's when I talk about um, brand guidelines, because a lot of people who think they've had their branding done come away and they've got a logo and no brand guidelines. So yeah. again, it's like, you know, if, I, if somebody says to me, you know, I've had my branding done, I just want a brochure mm-hmm. and they hand me a logo. I'm going, right. OK, so you want me to build a house without a blueprint? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like it's like setting your foundations out there or having a plan. And that's what your yeah. brand guidelines give you. So it's like, you know, these are the fonts you use, these are the colors you use, this is the typeface, these are the rules of using your logo, this is the kind of imagery that you use. Um, you know, I kind of work, look at look at the kind of photography or the illustration or, or whatever that will keep, keep that consistent all the way through. Mm. A lot of, a lot of um, uh, business owners will uh, tend to use maybe um, shutter stock or, you know, sort of stock imagery, um, you know, when they start, especially when they're starting out or if they, don't, if they can't, you know, get a, a shoot of their own done. And that, you know, can you can fall down into the cheesy route because a lot of stock imagery can be quite cliched. Yeah. So about educating them as to this, there is good stock imagery out there, but it's about actually knowing how to find that and what to look for. So I give them guidelines on that as well, but also guidelines on when they do photo shoots as to how those photos should should look. So it's a brief for the photographer as well, right? To make sure that there is you know a, a, a branding kind of message and and a style carried through everything. And I've, and, I've, and I've seen some brand guidelines, you, you know, they're almost like encyclopedias. They're so big, right? And I've seen others which are just a few pages. But I guess even if you're a startup, the important thing is to have something in place which yeah. guides the way in which you're, you're seen publicly, your brand is, is portrayed. Like, I, I guess if you don't have that, even if you think you know how you're supposed to represent your brand over, you know, graphically or whatever, over time, small changes can start to happen. Yeah. And then by you know five ten years down the line, it's a totally different brand, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I, I found that myself. You know, it's, it's, I was a proper case of the cobbler's, uh, you know, children with no shoes on because I didn't do my own brand guidelines. I hadn't actually documented my own brand guidelines because it was like, mm. well, in my head, I know I'm the one producing the collateral at that point, you know. Um, but as soon as the the company starts to expand and it's more than me, I then have to give those brand guidelines to someone else, like someone, you know, somebody doing my social media to start putting things together. She needs right. to have a guide for that. So brand yeah. guidelines are really important as your company scales 
um, because suddenly it won't just be you and it shouldn't just be you as an entrepreneur doing every single thing in your business. So mm. um, also if you're going to brief out, you know, a video production company or, um, you know, your book designer, um, you know, if you're, if you're getting a book published or, um, you know, if you're getting social media posts made or whatever, whatever, you send out those or your website built, you send out those same brand guidelines and the idea is that everything will stay uh, looking fairly consistent across the board yeah. because you've only got a few seconds to make an impact online. You know, if people are fast, you scroll through, you know, Facebook feeds. If you've got like an ad mm. or a, uh, a post on there and it's not branded um, and it doesn't have that branding, that people don't actually recognize it as yours and they'll scroll straight past. So strong branding is really important to actually just even catch people's eye yeah. in the first place. Um, so um, with somebody else that we know in our network, Rebecca Godfrey, yeah. Um, so she, well, I mean, what color does she own? Yellow. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> okay. recognizable. You see that, you see one of her posts come up and you just, you, you associate it straight away. with. But the funny thing is she went to an event and, uh, was wearing a black dress with a, with a red ditzy floral print, right? It wasn't her event. She wasn't presenting there. It was just, she'd gone to an event. Somebody took a photo. I can't remember if she posted it or they posted it. I don't know, but I just sort of almost whisked straight past. And then I kind of stopped and went back again and went, I almost didn't recognize it as you because there was no yellow in the post. <laughs> and that's, you know, when it becomes so familiar, you see that enough that shows up again and again and again, that color, that person, that color, that person, yeah. you just, you just start to associate it. Right. Yeah. So and, then, you know, and actually I wasn't even doing it that strongly myself. Yeah. Um, and then I went to, um, I went to, Pre, pre my book coming out, um, I had a book talk when it was my first one, which was actually just locally. Um, and it was a friend of mine who, who runs a local business group. And I thought, well, that's kind of quite good as a practice run, you know, before I go and stand on a stage elsewhere. Because um, it was amongst friends and people that I knew, um, by and large. So I went and I was wearing black and white. I wear a lot of black and white anyway. Um, but um, I tend to wear red when I'm kind of doing the, you know, the big on stage sort of type things. And mm. um, I thought, oh, this is just in a cafe. And there was 30, 40 entrepreneurs there still, but I didn't dress up because it was like a cafe. And, you know, yeah. and anyway, my friend um, Emily came over um, to watch me, to support me. And she um, she came up to me afterwards and she went, you're not wearing red. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm wearing my brown colours. I'm still black and white. And she went, no, but you're not wearing red. And she went, I was going to wear my red dress. And I thought, I'm not going to wear red because Sat was going to wear red because she's presenting. And now you're not yeah. wearing red. <laughs> and I didn't realise it had become that much of an expectation. Yeah, right. In other people's, I hadn't, and I wasn't taking my own, uh, you know, advice. And I suddenly went, oh, God, right. And so, of course, then I went and bought five more red dresses. Yeah, I bet, yeah. And um, and then lockdown happened, so I had a chance to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, wore, I wore one at my book launch. I wore, I wore one new dress at my book launch, and I've got a load of other ones that I haven't managed to wear yet. So it's it's wearing something red. It just a, a piece of your clothing has to be red, right? Doesn't matter what it is. For instance, necklace so today could be a dress, could be shoes, whatever. Buying red stuff all the time. So I thought, well, I just need to have a pop of color in the yeah. feet, which is what the book's about as well, right? So um, yeah, right. So O is about outputs, is about how you um, kind of, you know, it, it's about your brand guidelines and, and, and mm. adhering to those. And then I also kind of look at, you know, sort of give um, entrepreneurs tips on like how to build your website and how to, um, not that I'm a web developer, but, you know, principles of web design and principles of brochure design. And then nurture is the, is the last one, which is um, 
you know, once you've got your shiny new brand guidelines, what do you do? How does, once you've been given those by your agency or your bio designer, what then? It's like being handed a baby. Mm. And uh, for the first time, I know you're, you're, you're due soon with your second, but you'll know what yeah. to do with that, at that time. But when you, when you first get your baby and you're kind of like, what am I going to do with this now? How am I going to keep it alive? <laughs> how am I going to... Yeah, I, I used to look into the cot every morning when, when I first had Luke. I'd be like, oh God, he survived another night. I can't even keep a, right. a, a spider plant alive, you know, until then. Yeah. Like, Plant. I mean, you know, we're, I'm pretty lucky. We've we've got Google these days, so yeah. it's it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. A quick Google search, and you well, can answer. I know, my- I know, but it's just this, oh my god! So, so the thing with your with your brand guidelines is you can't really Google how you're gonna how you're gonna put those. No, yeah. I realise it when um, again with working with entrepreneurs, and then they get their brand guidelines and they go off and they give give these brand guidelines. You know, they've paid to work with me. But then maybe they don't want to pay to work with me all the time because that would be quite expensive. Um, so they then take the brand guidelines, which is their asset, and they go and take it to a cheaper source um, to, to kind of fulfill it. And this particular entrepreneur came back to me, and, he, and he'd given the brand guidelines to a, a kind of all-you-can-eat uh, design house in the Philippines where you kind of pay one fee and they kind of just churn out loads of stuff. And he said, I'm not going to ask you this all the time, but is it meant to look like this? <laughs> like... Oh my God, have they even read the brand guidelines? <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, oh no. And that thing that you were saying, you know, sometimes they're encyclopedic and sometimes they're quite simple. For, the, for my startups, I just do it as a one pager. It's really basic. Really? Yeah. It gets everything out there. But for the, for the bigger projects, it, it will be a 12 pager because we do go more yeah. deeply into it. So but I don't want it to be too big because otherwise you're not going to look at it. It's going to be overwhelming. No. It's got to be usable um, and easy to, to navigate. So the nurture package um, at the you know at the end of the of the, of the branding is we 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 um, we include three months of support as you roll out your brand, which means kind of unlimited um, support. Even if you're going to work with other suppliers, we want to make sure it's in our interest that your brand goes out looking amazing, um, and that it's not you know screwed up by anyone who doesn't who hasn't properly read the guidelines or isn't even as good a designer. You might be giving it to someone who's not as good. And I would say, you know, even a Michelin uh, chef can write you a recipe, but if you're not very good in the kitchen, you can still get up, you know. Mm-hmm. You can still mess it up. So I can give all the instructions in the world, but if you haven't got the eye for it and you don't really understand design, then you, you can still screw up. So yeah. um, the nurture package is, is kind of more of an educational process where we work with the business owner, with anybody that's creating assets for their business. So um, it could be their web developer or their social media person or their PA or it could be them themselves. You know, I did a group uh, coaching session with um, another um, of our friends, Sarah uh, of uh, Coaching Impact, Sarah Milner. Um, yeah. Actually, because she's got so many associates and people working within her business now, all producing brand assets at a million miles an hour, you know, because they're, they're sort of always innovating and doing new things, that their brand was getting out of control. Right. Before they came to work with me. Because whatever your brand guidelines are, even if you have brand guidelines, um, person A will put their own personal spin on it and person B will put their, their spin on it because everyone wants to try and be creative mm. you know, with the guidelines. But actually, you've got if you've got like five or six people all being creative, you end up with stuff that all looks very different and it doesn't look like a private company. So, no. so, I, so we, we kind of did a rebranding. Uh, you know, it was, it was more about sort of tightening up the brand and moving it into the next decade, sort of at the, mm. back in 2019. And, um, and and with that, we sort of simplified the brand elements, but also I, I you know, sort of did a training session with the team 
um, on Zoom to show them the principles of design and how to apply these. But and they were just like, wow. So it was even things like PowerPoint tips, you know, because they didn't know how to do X, Y, and Z and set up a template so it would be consistent on each page or something like mm. that. So, um, so it's helping them do that and then also for the three months if they're having stuff done by a web developer or by social media person they can bang, bang it through and just kind of go is this all right and actually it's, it's part of the process that we support before you can take stabilize it off and let the brand grow yeah amazing so so in terms of um you know, for, for a lot of our business owners who are watching right now, I'm sure the majority would love the opportunity to work with you and go through this full process with you. Um, but for those who, who are on a, on a budget startups or maybe going through a really difficult time right now with the crisis that's around us, mm. um, I guess, first of all, I'd like to find out what, you know, you, you mentioned before why brand is more important now than, than ever before. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of go into that. And then I'd like to find out what they could do, you know, with a budget, with a, with a small budget right now. Right. I mean, this is the thing that, that I've been asked a lot at the moment. I mean, the, the whole germ of the, the content that I'm putting out at the moment is um, that, you know, I read this quote and we, we, we often quote it that Jeff Bezos, um, who's the CEO of Band of Amazon, um, said that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And right now, nobody's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what are people saying about your brand? Um, but also your brand is the thing that's having to do the talking for you. If you can't be in front of your, you know, your target audience, um, mm. maybe putting out content, um, is your brand supporting that content? Is you know, like like with with that one-off uh, photo of Rebecca's, is it going to get passed on by because people don't recognise it because you haven't got a strong brand in place? Rebecca did, but that that photo didn't have it on. I think somebody else would probably put it out. Um, but you know, it's it's about thinking. I've been working with entrepreneurs at the moment and, and I'm doing a, a brand strategy workshop actually um, next Wednesday, which is fully booked right now. We've ended up having to do three sessions because um, it is fully booked. But I, if there is interest from your um, business community, we could we could run a, a special Dubai edition for F10 Academy. F10 yeah, I'd love that, yeah. Um, so um, it's a free branding workshop. It's um, it's to, uh, you know, it's, it's promised to be free all the way through lockdown. Wow. Um, my, my big thing right now is that, you know, when a lot of businesses are doing a lot of planning right now, um, and so the first part of the process for vision is, is strategy. You don't mm. need a designer to do this part, to do the visualization bit, the inner brand and the, and the standout, that's stuff that you can do yourself. Yeah. Team, you know, this is what, you know, Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other networking uh, platforms are, uh, you know, available. But this is what this is for, and you can kind of start having those conversations because I would I would really say don't go rushing out and rebrand right now because there are a lot of businesses going through a lot of change. Um, mm. This landscape is changing. You are probably changing aspects of your business, or you're having to pivot in the same way that you and I have had to. Um, this is not the time to go slap a logo on it. Um, yeah. It's the time to actually work out your brand strategy. Um, and um, and this is what we go, go going through in the workshop and actually yeah. understand your brand and understand what you're trying to communicate and who your audience are and what's the transformation that you're going to make to their lives mm. um, and do all that you can you can do an awful lot of that work without me without anybody else just amongst your obviously i facilitate that and i know the questions to ask when when people do work with me um right and that's what the workshop does right it, it it gives people the opportunity to to go through that with you yes 
Yes, but in the group, they can go away and do the heavy lifting before they then go and make a, a change if that's what they need to do, right? Exactly. And, and actually, you know, within that brand workshop, we kind of look again, we look at your branding, your existing branding and go, well, is it serving you a purpose, you know, now? Is it is it working for you? Um, mm. All the other parts that need to change. Quite often with an established brand, you know, like your own with Warrior Academy and Seb, you know, you've you've achieved a lot of success with the brand that you've got right now. Mm. Um, so, you know, arguably you could say, we well, don't need a rebrand, mm-hmm. but as your business moves forward and, and also, you know, um, fashions change and type, to, you know, sort of styles change and technology changes. So can that brand evolve over time? Yeah. And this is the time to actually sit down and go, well, actually, where do we want to take the business right now? And, um, and, and actually how can the brand support that? Cause I've got a big, uh, I've got a, a model in the book called the do say see model. Yeah, and, I remember. And, yeah. yeah, and so it's like what you what you do and what you say you do has to marry up with what people see. So it's it's like do those things all match? Because sometimes they do, quite often they don't. So you might have mm. a product or service, and you say you've got a product, a quality product or service, but then people go on the website and it looks a bit rubbish or a bit cheap. Yeah. Or, you know, the branding looks a bit homemade or it doesn't load very quickly or there's, you know, or it, or it looks mismatched, you know, like because it's evolved over time and lots of different elements have come in from different suppliers and it all starts looking a bit messy. So that that bit isn't saying high end and quality in the, no. in the way that you are trying to portray. So so the strategy part is about making sure that the do, say and see align. Right. Um, and, and actually will support your brand in the center of that when they align that there's there's a there's a correlation between the three and actually that's what people see a solid brand to be so I, I mean I guess for a lot of brands who feel they are well established but may they may not they may not realize if they are or not because they haven't had these sorts of conversations right in terms of their branding you know doing the putting them out there in the best light possible if they feel they want to make a change um you know if, if I take warrior Academy as an example right we've got um all of our students in, you know, thousands of students in uniforms, which look a certain way, instructors wearing certain uniforms. We've got uh, lots of vans driving across the country, <laughs> which are wrapped in a certain branding, um, two different websites, all these different things, which obviously looks a certain way. If we were going to make a change to that, it would be quite a substantial change to make. It is. I mean, how, how far do you go when you're making a change? And do you drip feed it or do you just bang, make a change? So obviously this is down to um, timing and budgets and, and the, the real life constraints around this rather than just ideal world scenarios. But again, if I can use Coaching Impact as, a, as an example, they've been going for 10 years and had mm. a, have a lot of brand assets, you know, with their 10 associates or, or more, more working on the, on the brand. Um, and they've produced a lot of collateral over the years. So obviously we couldn't start with changing everything all at once. Mm. Um, but I took her through a process, what I call evolution, not revolution. Um, and so the brand should evolve, right? So it's not let's like throw everything out right now because your brand is working for you on, on a level. Yeah. Um, can it be improved? Yeah, it probably, yes, it can be. Um, but for right now, is it working? Yes, it is. So I take people through a brand assessment, which is a kind of one-on-one thing where, again, we pull all the assets together um, and we, t- we take a sort of overview of, of everything that you have, you know, your websites and your videos and uh, your branded, uh, you know, kind of geese and uh, the vans and everything and the instructor uniforms. And we have a look at everything and kind of go, well, all right, what's working? What's working or what's not working? What's actually quite interesting is once you put everything together, 
you quite often see that there are bits that stand out that don't look that they're quite on brand and that might be the first thing that you change but mm. we can't look at well, what's working and what's not working um, and i've got like a traffic light system where i go right well this bit's working keep it in green we can keep that bit because you'll also have you've got brand recognition you've got brand equity in what mm. you've built so far so you don't want to be throwing the whole thing away because you're throwing away your brand equity. You know, brands like McDonald's and Coca-Cola don't redesign their logo every five to ten years. It's yeah. small tweaks to their right. logo, but it's also small tweaks to their branding. Um, and mm. as their products change or whatever, you know, with Coca-Cola, recently they've got, they used to have all the different cans, so certainly in the UK, they used to have, the, you know, the sort of silver can for Diet Coke and the, um, black can, I think, for Max. I don't, I don't drink fizzy drinks, so I can't remember which which one applies to which. But they have like a silver can and a black can and a red can, I think, for Coke Classic. Um, but but um, in 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 more recent years, or well, the, the, the most recent rebrand, what they've done is made all the cans red um, and just had a little strip of the black and the, a strip of the silver at the top. Now the reason for that is because they want to try and transition full fat Coke drinkers to trying these lower sugar versions. Right, clever. More similar. And people already are, are familiar with black meaning zero and, and silver meaning whatever it is, right? Diet or yeah. So, but yeah. then what they want to do is try and I suppose confuse people into picking up the wrong one. But yeah. you know, more about saying there's less less difference in taste, um, and actually, so people can try, you know, so they're visually trying to bring their their brand together. Right. So, to do it. Um, you know, McDonald's they have been trying to again sort of with the healthy eating thing. They've been trying to. Um, inject more green into what is ultimately a yellow and red brand. Mm. But if you go into the stores, which I don't, again, I don't eat McDonald's. I don't know why I'm using examples of brands I don't use, but they're, <laughs> they're massive brands. They're massive, successful brands that are globally known. Um, but, you know, in the, in the, in the leaflets, then they, they've started to introduce green because they're trying to put across that they're encouraging healthy eating amongst, you know, sort of their consumers and their, and their, and their, and their you know, the children that come in there as well. Yeah, there are ways that you can evolve your brand to um, to move with the messaging that you are, you know, you're evolving your company. Yeah. In fact, if your brand stays static for too long, it sends off a visual message that your brand is static too, um, and that your company is static. So if there's no yeah. change, um, so it's this real balance between um, consistency. You need consistency so people can recognise you. Mm. You don't want so much consistency over years and years and years that people get bored with looking at what you're what you're putting out. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Actually, there's a there's a guy called Alan um, Garnet in the who wrote a book called The Creative Curve, and he talks about human beings' um, necessity. We have a craving. It's like a, di a di dichotomy, and we've got a right. craving for novelty, but we also want um, familiarity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So that's that's the human that's that's human beings right so we, we want yeah, yeah, yeah. and we and the thing is with a brand um to keep your branding consistent it implies that your company is solid it is mm. itself it knows where it's going and it's not going anywhere fast you know if you keep changing the colors and the typefaces and and your visual identity too often it looks like a branding crisis it looks like you're not really sure of your voice. It looks like you're not really sure of, of, of your look. And it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't instill confidence. So, so with that consistency in mind, um, I, I know you specialize in, in um, branding for companies and not for um, personal branding, <laughs> but I mean, using that example of the way, the way you, the way you're seen when you're out there speaking or, or you're out, you're out and about and there's photos or whatever, and you're showing up in, in your red and 
that represents your brand for your for your company, but yes. not necessarily the brand for you, right? Unless that's linked. No, but the thing is, the red in the posts and in, in the photos go in my LinkedIn posts and on my social posts because I'm the popular. Right. So it so, when, so when, if, if it's if, so, what like, I guess what I mean is, how do you choose? I mean, if you've got a different color which represents you, or a different whatever style which represents you, how do you then? choose whether to go out branded with your your company or go out branded with your own kind of style do you know do you know what i mean yeah i mean rebecca doesn't wear yellow she okay yellow, but she doesn't wear it ever 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 but she right. wore black. she wore black all the time anyway that was her yeah. style when she presents she wears black okay okay fine colors are black and yellow anyway so that ties in but it's just to make sure that the post she puts out have an element of yellow because that's the thing that catches the eyes you don't have to wear it it's no. just that coincidentally i had my colors done by yeah. um, a lady called Joe Baldwin Trot, who um, uh, actually features in the book as well as a case study, because we ended up. It was funny because I met her just as a mum at school, yeah. And um, she let slip um, that she she was a personal um, brand, you know, consultant and stylist. And I thought, oh, I was starting to get more speaking engagements. And I've been filmed um, at a Shift to Success uh, uh, event actually, and realised because I was wearing black because I, I I love wearing black. Um, realized that I blended in with the crowd and no one could see me because I'm tiny and I was mm. at the level and um, you could literally just see this floating head um, <laughs> and, and I thought oh god now, now I realize why speakers need to wear color right um, or something that stands out right so um so I when I bumped into her at school and we were chatting and I was just like oh actually um could you you know could you give me a card because I might I might you know want to work with you I'm, I'm looking for someone to maybe get me a, a new work wardrobe and uh, for my speaker wardrobe, I called it. And she gave me a card, and it was bloody awful. It was, <laughs> it's, in, it's in the book. Um, yeah. it, it, was, it was absolutely horrendous. It's actually on my website as well. And, I, <laughs> and, if, and if I'd have looked at that, if I hadn't got to know her first over a series of weeks, because we were doing a parenting course together, so this was like maybe week seven or eight of 10, yeah. right? But if I met her at the first time at a networking event, and she'd have handed that to me, I'd have thought, uh, you know, you can style me. She's very chic, but her business card, her, her card was just awful. And right. I looked at it and I thought, do you know what? I went, okay. I went, do you fancy swapping services? <laughs> yeah, right. Natural you know, trace Yeah. And so she styled me and she kind of did a wardrobe edit and did my colours and took me out shopping mm. and spent a whole day with me. And it was just for the speaker wardrobe. I still wear what I wear normally for the rest of the time. But, um, and then she, and then I did her, her branding and it's so funny because she said before she was, she was embarrassed to hand her business card out. Now for mm. somebody who gets a lot of their business from a networking event, from networking events, that's actually quite a, quite a sad thing if you're too embarrassed to hand your card out. But mm. now I've got a card, which is, you know, it, it is such a conversation starter. Yeah. Um, because. It, and there you go. It gives her confidence straight away. She hands it out with pride. Boom. There you go. She can't wait to show them off now. Mm. Um, it's got her name on it because we established in the call she had too much on her other business card it was too cluttery and she had everything yeah. and testimonials and da, da, da. It, was, it was just it was, it was, she'd actually got it on a postcard size that was a business card oh wow cool was, <laughs> on both sides. and i just went this is too much you know and then and it's like you're the only joe baldwin trot in the world right and she went yeah so we'll just put that on your we'll just put your logo on which was joe baldwin trot mm. her name was her logo and I went and nothing else. And the, and the reverse was just a bright teal, her favorite color. And then we put a silver foil edge on there on it. So it looks like it catches the light when you get it. And she was just like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Why? Just putting your name and no details. 
And I was like, no, because what anybody does when you when you give them their card, what do you do when you when someone gives you their card? Google the name. Google them. Yeah. Oh, you're Google famous anyway, Joe. You've got the yeah. only you're the only Joe Baldwin trot in the world. What are they going to do when they type your name in? They're going to find you, your website, your LinkedIn, da, 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 whatever. And not only that. I mean, I mean, if they if you're if if she's you know well recognised on the internet, it's going to bring up featured in this, featured in that. That's it's it's you know instant credibility and authority for her. Yeah. So, so yeah. Is it, it actually supported what she does because she's a personal brand consultant. She helps people with their personal brand. And actually, this is this was a really confident thing to go there and just go. Because you're you're in effect just going, you'll find me on online. I'm yeah, right. <laughs> Google me. <laughs> just Google me. You know, it's a strong old statement. And she said, it's um, not. She said some people yeah. kind of go, ooh, like there was one woman that went, ooh, they've forgotten to print the details on it. Yeah, them. right. Whereas, I, love it. I love it. I think it's just such confidence, isn't it? <laughs> right? And then, but she said, guys. Yeah. Of it and they're like oh, that's really cool well, I, mean, I mean again you know that's very aligned with her values surely because if she's you know giving other people confidence in the way they look and the way they show up yeah by, by being a brand consultant and then then that's that is like a the perfect way to show that right yeah exactly i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, living, I'm living breathing proof of that here's my card we actually say we did for each other what we you know yeah. so i sorted her branding and she sorted my personal styling so that was kind of like styling a consultant yeah we both made each other more visible in, yeah. in a different way. So that's kind of quite nice. And we have actually worked together on clients. So when I've got a client who is having their, their branding done, um, and if they do need help in the wardrobe department to get their colours done and maybe styling, then I'll pass them over to Jo, um, and she does the same vice versa. So Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I feel like, I feel like I've learned so much today. Um, Good. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've gone over why branding is so important, why it's more important now than than ever before. Uh, we've gone over your your vision process for, you know, establishing your brand and, and diving deep into your values and and, you know, how to how to dig into how you should be representing yourself and your values and your own brand. Um, and, you know, really, really valuable stuff. We've got a bunch of questions here as well. It's been really busy on the comments on YouTube and on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, if you, look on the, if you look on the right, you can scroll down. I'll, I'll just pick a few because um, I know you've got a shoot up as well. Um, but let me see. <laughs> What's this one? If you're not consistent, it's brandalism. Oh, I love it. Can I, can I use it? Who said that? Uh, it's not showing up at the moment. It's just saying Facebook user. Uh, guys, if you click on the um, description of this video, you'll see StreamYard says click here to get access to, to StreamYard. And then we can actually see your names. So I'm not quite sure who that is, but that is funny. Um, let's have a look here. Um, I'd like to um to give an accreditation to whoever wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing uh, IP. <laughs> Do you need big budgets to promote to promote your brand? So not not create your brand, but promote it. Uh, well, that very much depends on what you're going to do with it. You know, because yeah. social media is free. Um, if you. If you know, if you and if you want to do it yourself, it's free. So promoting your brand is not is not really where we get involved. Mm. Um, I have I have a lady and I pay her to do my social media. Um, so yes, it does cost me. But um, yep. I think the thing that that branding will do and that a strong brand will give you is confidence um, yep. as you're putting out your social media posts. So you know what tone of voice you should be applying, what kind of images you should be using, what kind of languages, what what kind of language. Um, and uh, you know, and what colours and everything. So that so it gives your social media that consistency, and again, mm. people start to recognise it. So it's really hard to quantify what you know what business uh, ROI you get with with branding. But 
because also when people are going through rebrand, they're often changing a lot of other things about their business as well. So it's really yeah. hard to quantify what what that bit makes. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say I could really talk about the the cost of social media. Sorry. That's all right. Um, good one here. I found establishing a really good tone of voice helped when developing other assets that sit online. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the, the F10X brand guidelines that uh, Tim and, and the team and uh, Rajiv have created is really, really cool, by the way. I don't know if you guys would share that. I've got Tim next to me. Maybe he'll share that with you guys in the comments, but very, very cool. Um, and, and you can see how they've used that with everything they've done. Um, but Tim says, hey, I struggled for about six months, though, to make this. Any tips on how to develop this quicker or further? Um, and is it important for all brands? So a tone of voice. Tone of voice is really important for all brands. It's, you know, it's consistency again, um, and it's establishing it's this whole no like and trust, you know, if you show up consistently in every aspect of your brand, people know start to know what to um what to expect. Um and if you keep chopping and changing that, then you come across as a bit schizophrenic, frankly, mm-hmm. as a brand. Um, and no one wants to hang out hang out with the schizophrenic, right? So the schizophrenic brand. So you, you need that consistency. Um brand tone is really important. You said the question was how to get there quicker. Um I mean, obviously I'd say buy my book. Um and that will help that was definitely in all seriousness, there is there is a lot in there that will that will help you with that. Um, from your book, when I read your book, and thanks for letting me be the proofreader on that. When I when I when I read your book, the what what kind of struck me was how much practical advice there was. You know, yeah. you you gave away so much in the book, so much value in terms of you could pick that book up and and feel like you've got a really good chance of of creating something awesome yourself. But you, you, do need, you, come on, you do need wanting to work with you instead, though. <laughs> I know. Actually, Andrew Priestley um, said to me, goes, you've been really generous with your IP there. You've given too yeah. much. Um, and, I, you know, it's like, I could have shot myself in the foot because there could be a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm going to do it all myself. Um, but, you know, the idea is, you know, if, if, if you do, um, you know, want to work with me, then, then let's have a conversation. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say even if it's not me, you know, if you work, the way to do it quicker is to actually work with a professional, right? And don't try and do it yourself, yeah. um, because you'll yeah, get. both know that you learn from well, a professional and you and you up your skills game much much quicker. Um, I mean, this is it, isn't it? I mean, you, you can if you add up the amount of time and effort and energy and money, and then money you're leaving on the table because you're you're not having such a big impact with your brand, then it's it's an absolute no brainer to find someone awesome. Um, in so a, a, a quick question that I've got. I've got a little brother who I think is watching this actually, and he's just he lives in Copenhagen, and uh, he's just he's just started a, uh, a business, um, and um, he's he's been trying to create a logo to perfect the logo to find the perfect logo for about six weeks, and it probably feels like six years for him, and um, and in some ways from from a business perspective that's slowing him down, right? Because he's not. He's not able to go out there and, and he doesn't have the confidence to put his brand out there because it's not representing him in the way that he wants because he's not he's not happy with the logo, right? Mm. What advice would you give him? Because you deal with so many startups. What advice would you give someone like that? Who yeah, just can't and it's get the logo work. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like with Dent, you have to, you know, the, the, the entrepreneur forum that we met through, um, you've got to do the values foundation. You've got to do the work beforehand. Don't just go straight to um don't just go straight to logo it's you know it's it's understanding your vision it's understanding your aspirational brands as well look at the brands that you admire um it within and without of your industry and and what are they doing and how are they doing it and actually notice that quite a lot of big brands quite a lot of very confident brands don't do an awful lot with that logo the logo Mm. is simple 
Um, and I think the less you, um, you, you you fuck with things, really, sometimes the more high end you can look. What, what what's the business that your your um, brother is uh, launching? He's a videographer. Oh right, okay. So I'd, I'd encourage you, you know, to, to look at your five aspirational brands. Um, think about the big vision, where you want to be. Think about the people that work with you, and what what kind of brands do they, you know, are they loyal to? And what do they, what you know, what kind of brands do they interact with, and and yeah. um, where do they want to be as a result? Working with you, all that stuff that we said, and visualize. Then look at your inner brand. Get the values out there, because if your brand comes across, if your brand value is, um, you know, professional, for example. Don't go all flouncy and swirly with a pink, you know, font because you're just going to look really girly. But if your brand value is that it's, you know, I'm not saying for your brother, but I'm just, you know, if your brand, um, if one of your brand values is, um, you know, kind of gentle, then maybe a soft pink is right for it. So, so actually getting the brand values down first is going to help you because mm. you have to look at the typeface and you go, well, is that saying friendly or is that saying professional or is that saying jokey or is that saying feminine or do, do you yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah. Brand values, personality, and I'm, I'm talking brand personality and voice for all those words that I just said then. Mm. But personality could be friendly and open and, um, you know, welcoming, in which case don't do a big, bold font that shouts. Perhaps yeah. if you want to look friendly and welcoming and user-friendly or – do you know what I mean? So mm. that's why um, Facebook or um, uh, Twitter go all lowercase um, mm. because they want to look – like really easy to use and friendly and, and approachable. And that can work with some brands and a lot of tech brands go, go lowercase because they want to put across ease of use. Wow. Yeah. So if they went all shouty and big, they look too scary and too masculine. Yeah. So big capitals can look a bit masculine yeah. if, they're, if they're shouty and bold fonts. Or if you, if you do elegant, you can do elegant fonts and capitals and that looks really elegant and high end. So it depends. Yeah. It's not just about the font. It's about the weight of it. It's about the color of it. So again, all of that is is in the book, um, but um, and then stand out is is look at your competitors and what are they doing and there's bits of it that you'll like and there's bits of it you don't like. So borrow some of the bits you like. I'm not saying plagiarize, but just realize what the trends are, and then mm. do a little bit different to make sure that you stand out. Amazing, brilliant help? advice. Yeah, amazing advice. Really, really good. Um, I'd love to take up an offer of doing a, a brand workshop um, at some stage. I think that'd be yeah. really good. Do, uh, we'll send an email out to all of our members here um, at FTNX Academy and see what we can put together. That'd be absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> Satna, how can everyone get in touch with you? Can They, they can Google you, right? They can Google me. There's only one kind of guru in the world, actually. <laughs> um, find me on LinkedIn. That's the best place to, to find me. Um, LinkedIn. You know, um, and your book is Let's Get Visible. That's on Amazon, guys. I proofread it for out, and it's awesome. If you want a really, really good guide, um, and really amazing way oh to that branding. you know, that's the way to do it. So it won a business book award, didn't it? I, it won the business, it won the business book, uh, business book award 2020. Uh, Just no, gone. Not, not, not book of the year, um, but it was, um, startup inspiration. Actually it, um, it was uh, highly commended, but, um, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Amazing achievement. Cool. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much Satnam, for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.